Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. When Jesus was 12 years old, he went missing. His parents had taken him to the Passover as they had every year. And as they started to leave with all the relatives and friends, St. Mary and St. Joseph both realized that Jesus is missing. He's not hanging out with the friends and relatives in the camp, in the caravan, and all the people that had left the Passover, um, and they couldn't find him. So they run back to Jerusalem, and finally they find him three days later. And it turns out he had been listening and preaching in the temple. And all the teachers were looking at him in amazement. And his parents asked him a question. Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And what does he say back? He says, why did you seek me? Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? This was Jesus at 12 years old and it's in Luke chapter 2. Today Jesus asked his followers the same question and he asked us, Why do you seek me? Today's gospel is situated in John 6, which as we know from verse 4, uh, was very close also to the Passover feast. And at the start of this chapter, St. John says that a great multitude followed Jesus because they saw his signs which he performed on those who were diseased. So they followed him because they saw all the great things he was doing. And out of Christ's compassion, he looks to them and he wants to feed them. So he gets five loaves and two fish from a small boy and he makes it into enough to feed 5,000 people. And you have to understand that this miracle was so palpable back then that they wanted to make him king. It says in verse 15, Therefore, when Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he departed again to the mountain by himself alone. So the people were obsessed with Jesus. He had healed diseases and then he had literally created food out of thin air for thousands of people. And they wanted more of what he had to offer. This takes us to today's gospel. In verse 25, it says, these, finally, these, these hungry followers, they found him on the other side of the sea um, because he had literally walked on water just the night before and he had gone to the other side. And um, instead of asking him, like, how did you get there? They say, Rabbi, when did you come here? And Jesus responds not with the answer, when did I come? That's not the, that's not the important thing. But he answers them and says this, most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. So he's, indirect, he's indirectly questioning their intentions. He's indirectly asking them, why are you really seeking me? Why are you really seeking me? Are you seeking me because you saw me make the food the other day and you just want more food? Literally, that's why they wanted him. They wanted more food. Or are you seeking me to hear me, to have a friendship with me, to know me, to hear my words, 
Today, in the Acts, we read of um, Saul, who, who is Saint Paul. And it says, as he went on the road to Damascus, a great light shone in the sky, and he heard a voice. And the voice said to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goats. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? I really love St. Paul's answer. It's very straight to the point. It's very concise. It's very clear. And today Jesus asked, compassionately asked us, Why do you seek me? Why are you persecuting me? And all we really need to do is say back to Jesus the same words St. Paul said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Another example. In, um, there's a book called Silence, and it's also a movie, and it recounts a time in Christianity when, uh, in Japan, Portuguese missionaries went to preach Christianity. It was around 1549. And they were quite successful. At the start, they grew Christianity all the way to Kyoto. They started with 130,000 converts, and then eventually it became 300,000. Um, but the dictator at the time was called Hideyoshi. He decided that Christianity was a threat to the Japanese culture. And so he decided to set an example. He ordered, he ordered 26 men, including three young boys, to be paraded 772 kilometers from Kyoto all the way down to Nagasaki. Um, and, they, and they were to be crucified on a place that's now known as Marty's Hill. They actually bled as they walked because in Kyoto they chopped off their, their nose and their ears. And when they arrived at the hill of Nagasaki, 26 crosses were already lined up and laying on the ground. And one of these young boys, he did something remarkable. He looked at his captors and he said, show me my cross. And then another boy said, show me mine. If you were to ask these boys, why do you seek Jesus? It's obvious that they wouldn't say for food. It's obvious that they wouldn't say for glory. It's obvious that they wouldn't say to prove a point. Rather, you would only die for Jesus Christ if you had a friendship with Him, if you loved Him, out of a struggle born with Him. These men are all remarkable. They really knew why they were seeking Jesus. To ask for their cross is to know themselves, is to know why they exist, and it's for His glory, so that they may have life. But a really big problem for us today is that we look for the food that perishes, just like these followers. We look for complete satisfaction in our work. We look for complete satisfaction in money. We look for complete satisfaction in our status and our standing in society. But it's clear, as Jesus says, do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. St. John Chrysostom comments on this and he says, Take no thought, it doesn't mean not to work. 
but it just means don't be nailed to the things of this life. In other words, don't worry about tomorrow's comfort. Consider it superfluous. There are those who do not work and yet lay up treasures for tomorrow, and there are also others who do work and yet are careful for nothing. Carefulness and work are not the same thing. People do not work because they trust in their work, but so that they may give to the person who is in need. That was St. John's opinion, and it's a very strong one. We don't work because we trust in our work, but because we may give to people who are in need. And we don't need to be nailed to the things of this life. So, how can we access the true food? How can we access this true food that Jesus has to offer? The true food is Jesus. And He's accessible simply by having a relationship with Him. By talking to Him. By eating His Word. And just like the Japanese Catholic Christians also did, He's also available here on the altar every single Sunday. And every time we have a liturgy. John chapter 6 is quite a pivotal chapter in the Bible because it also teaches us about the importance of communion. Later on in the chapter, in verse 53, it's a long section, Jesus says to them, Most assuredly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. And as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever." You know, right after Jesus said these words to the disciples and the people around him, many ended up walking away. And so Jesus looks directly to his 12, the 12 disciples, a closer group. And he questions them again. Why are you really seeking me? This, this sort of challenge pops up. And he challenges them by asking them this question. Do you also want to go away? He asked them. And what does Simon Peter say? But Simon says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. But we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. So Peter believed and knew that Jesus Christ was the Son of the living God. And although at that time, St. Peter really did believe and really did know, and at the end he betrayed Jesus, uh, during the Passion, we know that St. Peter ended up coming back. So I think there's something very important, that in our lives we do go through a cycle. And I think in our lives we fall into one of three categories. We fall into category one, which often we're misguided. Misguided is we believe in what we're doing, but we're just going in the wrong direction. So the example of that is Saul or St. Paul who was misguided. He really believed that by killing Christians, he was doing the absolute right thing. And it's also like me when I'm convinced that sin is really good for me. And I say, you know, it doesn't hurt anyone. The second, the second group is distracted. We start following, but we're just completely distracted. Um, and we're distracted by the material. 
And, and these crowds in the gospel today are the perfect example. They literally saw Jesus healing people, curing diseases, making food, and then they come up to him asking for more food. It's, it's exactly like us. Or the disciples that follow, some of these disciples that followed Jesus, and they probably ended up following Jesus for vain glory because he was the popular guy. And what happened the moment he gave them a challenging thought, a challenging word about the meaning of, the, of communion and the meaning of his life and the meaning of the bread, which is himself, they went away. So when I'm neglecting talking to God, when I'm neglecting my relationship with him and I'm replacing it with material things, then I'm in the second category, distracted. And the last category is the best one. It's honest. We seek Him for Him. Saint Mary and Saint Joseph, though it was very practical, Jesus was lost for three days. What does it say? They sought Him anxiously. Anxiously. So when Jesus goes missing from our lives, do we seek Him anxiously? He's missing, I need to get back to Him. Or the 26 Japanese martyrs, who when they march on the hill, eventually the boy says, show me my cross. This is an honesty. Or St. Peter, who said, to whom shall we go, Lord? There's no one else to go to. You're the only one. Or St. Paul, who said, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do right now? So let's move forward. Let's wake up every single morning and say with St. Paul, Lord, what do you want me to do? And let us accept what God wants us to do. Let us act honestly in what He asks, even if it's at my own expense. And glory be to God forever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.